Amen. I did forget about a couple of things. Bartow, uh, give a kid a chance. They got a couple of barrels in the back, and, and Tracy will be in the foyer still signing up for it. So don't, don't leave without doing that. And if you guys will, they're going to Lebanon. If you will come up at the end of the service when I pray, or we're going to close it by praying over you. They're leaving Friday to go to Lebanon. Are some of you in here? All right, those that are in here, don't be shy. I mean, you going? <laughs> oh, yeah, the Cooks, Hilburns, and the Roberts. You guys, and they're all in here. So, so you guys come on down, and we want to pray over you. And uh, we're really, really excited about you going. And uh, anyway, we're still, we're still in the purpose-driven family. We're now in part seven, like they were going to finish out this, this summer, you know, on doing this. And, and, uh, and, and a lot of this stuff, you know, I don't feel, to be honest with you, just not being a, uh, I, I don't feel qualified to, to teach uh, about parenting a lot, you know, because I've made some mistakes. Not some, I've made a lot of mistakes as far as parenting and and now my kids are adults and uh and maybe that's why I'm, I'm good with this one today that i think i can because i learned a lot about my mistakes there's just a lot when i look back on it there's lots of moments i'd like to redo or in golf terms i'd like to take a mulligan and and and, and swing again you know especially like like taking things that didn't work on me as a kid and trying to see if they worked on my kids. Some things I've learned, though. I think I'm going to tell, uh, we always kidding my kids about, I want a grandkid. But, but me and Angie have decided we kind of like where we're at right now. No, nobody to bother us, but I do want a grandkid. I, I, I make no bones about that. But I have decided that whoever has the baby first, I'm going to do both of them. I'm going to take a suitcase over to their house. I'm going to say, you might as well put this suitcase in the nursery. Because from the time your child is born, and I'm talking to you, Everyone, but I'm going to tell my kids, it's like you're packing their bags. From the time they're born, one day they're going to look at you and they're going to pack their stuff and they're going to walk away. And so today, I want to tell you as your pastor that you need to realize that time is important. And it's happening really fast. It's happening really, really fast. And it's important that we talk about it today in our church family. Because we're all, you heard me say that a while ago, we're all kind of responsible. Every one of us are kind of responsible to help raise kids and, and, and teenagers. I want to give you two truths real quick, and I wrote them in your outline that, that kind of coexist. No one has the potential to influence kids like a parent with their love and their intuition. But what also is true is this. 
A parent is not the only influence a kid needs. Y'all get it? Both are true over time. So I think if I could tell Aaron and Dustin something, don't try to parent alone. Just don't try to parent alone. If I could tell all you guys, as you're going uh, through, through this world, you're going to need help from outside of your, your, your family, your biological family. And so as a church and as a pastor, there's this, this partnership that can exist between parents and a community of believers doing everything that we can to help their kids and their future. So on the front of your bulletin, you see these kids playing marbles. We're, we're trying to make it a little more like you know what we're talking about. Well, I couldn't find all the marbles that I needed. I looked for about a thousand, but I couldn't find any on short notice. Tim said, do Amazon, but I don't trust you. <laughs> but I did find some Skittles. So you can just imagine these are marbles, and don't try to come get none during the... Just, just, I spit on every one of them. They're already spoken for. But just number 1,000. The number 1,000, I'm thinking there's about 1,000 in here. 1,000 represents the number of weeks that you have between when a baby is born and when they graduate high school. That's, a, that's about what you have as to when they graduate. It's like this... This giant countdown clock, it puts a number to each week. Every week, you take one of these Skittles or marbles out, and it becomes this, this, this countdown clock. That you can be physically present in the life of your kid. One week, one Skittle, one week. One marble, one week. Then you can see it as a clock, and, 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 and if you're missing that week, a Skittle still comes out. If you're gone for three weeks, a marble still, three marbles comes out. It's gone. This, to me, this kind of adds a, a different kind of value to your time right now. But this isn't a new concept. I believe Moses wrote this song, 90. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So as you watch your Skittles or your, your marbles, Countdown, here's what I found out. The lower it gets, you're talking about a parent whose kids are adults now. The lower it gets, the more focused you become. Amen? You realize 
that time is important. And then all of a sudden, you lost your marbles. <laughs> They're gone. How many of you are parents of, I want to say teenagers, but specifically ninth graders? In, coming in ninth graders. You know what you got? If, you're, if your kid's going into ninth grade, you got about 200 marbles left. You got, you got about 200 left in high school to continue to invest and, and, and build into their lives. Every week, take a skittle out. Every week. Tenth grade, 150. Eleventh grade, you got 100. Who's got a senior? You're about to lose your marbles. You got about 50 left to continue to invest and build in their lives. I tell you, so much happens in those, those four years. There's a lot of decisions to be made. Uh, um, who people hang out with in the ninth grade, you start to really look to see who you hang out with. I call it the tribe. What tribe you're going to be with. You're looking at, at some of you guys' first girlfriend. Some of you guys' first, first boyfriend. You're going to go on dates by yourself. You're going to get a driver's license. Some of you are going to get a first job. But you're not going to save a dime, parents. Some of you guys are going to get facial hair. Guys. Parents, your prayer life's really going to grow. It's really going to get good. Then comes the cap and gown. You're going to lose all your marbles. It's done. It's done. And one of my points here is along the way, you've got to redefine how you parent. The principle that I want you to under, understand is, is when you see how much time you, you have left, you tend to get serious about the time you have now. Y'all get it? Guys, I didn't get that serious. I thought I had all the time in the world. I don't have any marbles left. You get serious. And when you see how much time you have left, you tend to value what happens over time. So I value what happens over time. And when you look at these marbles, every week matters. Every week matters. 
Now, you can't do it all in a week. But week by week, you can carry this momentum over time to make an impact. Amen? And when you think about it time over time and week after week, time becomes your friend. When you have an opportunity to do this, I want to tell you, parents, you are actually making history. Parents, you're making history. There is no single event. There is no single comment. There is, there is no single one individual that's going to change the future of a kid, except it's over time. It's over time. That's when it makes a difference. There's no golden ticket. I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of, kind of parent you are. But I know that we're all created in a new way. A unique way in the image of our Heavenly Father. And, 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 and we, when we understand this, we become intentional. And we can make a, a huge difference. Guys, I want to tell you something. Because you're made in the image of our Heavenly Father, you do some things intuitively. And you don't even know it. You do it on purpose. And taking those things that you do, both intentionally, intuitively, and you do them over time, it's going to change your perspective. It's going to change your impact. What do you do over time? How do you pack the bags? This is what I'm talking about. How, how do we pack the bags of our kids over time? Things that you don't want them to miss before they walk away. And those of you that had them walk away know. You think, did I, did I really prepare them? Did I get them ready? Do they have everything they need? Do they have everything in the bags that they need? Some of these things are alive in you because of who made you, God. But what you can do over time. And I know you have heard a lot of these, but, but for the sake of my insecurities, when I tell you these, I want you to go, ah. Oh. So that I know you're engaged, and I think that I'm really teaching you something. I've told you something new. So I want to tell you the first thing that you pack in this bag, I think is the most important thing. Love. That's pretty good. <laughs> you guys are engaged, but remember that we've got five more to go. <laughs> love. You know, how, you know how God loves you. Because you had some message in your life, didn't you? You had some, 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 some screw-ups, right? And, and, and so did I. But guess what? God kept showing up. He kept showing up. I know God loves me because he kept coming after me. I know God loves me because he kept, he kept rescuing me. So the first thing that we pack in that bag is, is love. 
God loves us. He wants us to know Him and have a relationship with Him over time. You see, God could have fixed the sin issue in 24 hours. He could have fixed it right then. But God leveraged this, if you read the Bible, generation to generation. And then He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to reconcile us back to Him in an overwhelming display of love. He did it over time. And we can love over time. You can love your teenager over time. And when you do, it shows him or her how valuable they are. You see, I know I'm valuable because of what God did for me. I know I'm worthy because Jesus came and died for me. I know I am a child of the king because he rescued me. He did it over time. Do you know what love over time equals? Worth. When you love over time, you're putting worth in, in that bag. It shows that they have, have valuable. And I'm going to tell you the most powerful way that, that we can do this is showing up in their world. What does that mean, showing up in their, their world? I'm talking about your physical presence. Physical presence. Over and over again. I love sports. Love sports. Love to compete. I think that you're supposed to win. That's why they keep score. My daughter started running track in the ninth grade. I showed up at every track meet. I expected her to run and run like the wind. She talked to everyone on the track. She stopped running and began to talk to the others as they ran by. It was not fun to me at the time. But I showed up week after week after week. Do you know why? I loved her. I became interested in what she wasn't interested in. Luke played soccer. I wasn't a huge fan of soccer. But I became one. Because I was a huge fan of Luke. And I showed up and I was the loudest parent out there. I hollered his name and when I hollered his name, he would run faster. He would play harder. You see, what I was doing when I would show up in my physical presence, I sent them a message that they were worth something. That they were valuable. So put that in your bag. The second thing I want you to do over time is this. The second thing that we need to work over time is words. You guys are sharp. I told my small group this this morning. To every teenager, here's one word of affirmation to seven words of criticism. Y'all get that? One word of affirmation for every seven words 
of criticism. And I want to tell you something that I told some of them this morning. You cannot over-affirm a middle schooler. And you can't put enough soap on them either, amen? <laughs> Deodorant. And there I was making criticism, wasn't I? I'm just stating the fact. But you cannot over-affirm a middle schooler. Words are powerful. Guys, I want to tell you, what you say matters. How many of you guys remember Mr. Rogers? See, I'm going to tell you what, I love Mr. Rogers. And do you know why I loved him? Words. That's right. Everything that Mr. Rogers said was affirming. Never. He never said a negative thing. And I would tune in as a kid and want to see and hear this man. Because I was receiving criticism, but he offered affirmation. Incredibly, I believed he helped me in my life. Something happens when you give a kid the right vocabulary. I want to tell you, don't underestimate the power of words. That's what we learn to reason with. That's what we learn to resolve conflict with. That's what we learn to problem solve with. We learn our words to explain our faith. Words are powerful. Because words over time equal direction. Words over time, those thousand weeks, they're going to equal the direction that your kids are going to go when they become an adult. You give a kid a sense of direction. That's what we want to do as a church. You got to give your kids a, a, a safe place to talk. We as a church are trying to give your, your kids a, a, a safe place to have a conversation. Words are important. Parents, I want to tell you, listen to them. Listen to them. I think the best thing that we can do as a church is to create safe places for our kids to have conversations. And that's what they're doing at XP on Sunday night. They're doing that. Because kind of what I found out, you can't parent a 7-year-old the same way you do a 14-year-old. It has to change. So create a safe plan. It's what we're trying to do as a church, create a safe plan. A safe place, I should say. Next thing is number three. This is, a, uh, is tell them stories. Yeah. Yeah. Stories. We're wired to learn from stories. The, there's something, something powerful that, that, that we learn from, from hearing someone else's story. And, 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 and even if it's fiction, I love fiction. I love the, the, the stories because it stretches my imagination. I, I, I love it. Y'all know the author J.K. Rowling? little bit. She wrote a little, little series called Harry Potter. I want you to read one of her quotes because here's the thing about stories. Our mind takes us to a place that, that, that it can move us to somebody of empathy. 
which means we can put ourselves in someone else's shoes. Here's what J.K. Rowling says, quote, we're the only species that can imagine ourselves in someone else's shoes. We're the only species that can do that. You see, stories help one another understand groups of one another that don't belong in your group. Stories are important. And stories in the Bible are the key to our faith. They're the key to our faith. And we've got to handle them the right way and unpack them and put them in the suitcase. We've got to put these stories in, in the suitcase that show that the, the stories in the Bible are real. They need to know that even the families in the Bible were messy. Amen? Think about Joseph and his brothers. Threw him in a ditch. Wanted to kill him, all kind of stuff. But God used him. Even Mary and Joseph. Remember they left Jesus for three days in the temple. They must do that now. Defects be all over. <laughs> I'm just saying. When I, <laughs> when I read some of the stories about the families in the Bible, I feel good about mine. <laughs> I mean, it's there. But here's what I know. God doesn't use perfect people. God don't use perfect people. He uses broken people to demonstrate who he is. Who he is. Tell the story so they don't give up. These families in the Bible didn't give up. Tell those stories so your child doesn't give up. Because they need to know that God hasn't given up on them. Tell the stories. Guys, these stories are a front row seat to the grace of God. A front row seat. So that they don't give up, they hold on. Stories over time equal perspective. Stories over time equal perspective. We hand our kids perspective. When we engage our kids with compelling stories. Amen? Then there's this, number four. Work. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Work. Work. We're created with these abilities. We're, we're, it, the Bible says we're created in Christ Jesus to do good work. Guys, I want to tell you something. What you, uh, what you do affects what you believe. What you do affects what you believe. Lots of kids walk away from church and Christianity not because we didn't tell them about their faith, but because they never experienced it. Because they never did anything. Never did anything with it. They know about it, but they didn't do anything. They didn't get an opportunity to see what God could do through them. Work. We got to put that in their bag. 
If you don't give a teenager something significant to do, they will never feel significant. They will never feel significant. So they will never shift from me to we. They'll be in me, all, you know. And engage your kids, your teenagers, into humanity, to the things that they can accomplish. Help them understand that God designs them to make a contribution so that they can grow up and when they walk away, when they take their, their bag and walk away, they will not forget what God did through them. What God did through them. Because work over time equals significance. Significance. So let's give them opportunities to serve. To serve. To serve Christ. To serve others. Amen? Now, I know the next one when you see it, fun. Fun don't seem very spiritual. But it is. Fun. It's the secret to what makes homes attractive to teenagers. Here's what I love. I love seeing some of you guys post. Y'all know who I'm talking about on Facebook post. On Sun, I'll check them out on Sunday evening or Monday morning when I get ready to go to work. Sunday fun day. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's because you ain't having no fun. But some of you guys do that. And I think it's one of the most fantastic ideas they are. I think it's one of the most spiritual ideas they are. Is to have fun. And be intentional about having fun. Because over time... Having fun together does an amazing thing for your relationship. Guys, this is a big issue because fun over time equals connection. Equals connection. And that's biblical. It says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So based on that passage, how strong is your home? If the joy of the Lord is our strength, how strong is your home? How strong is your church? Our church needs to be having fun. Amen? Is there laughter? There got to be. That's why I make fun of some of you guys. I like to joke around. Parents, I want to tell you, don't just fix your kids. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy them. Enjoy them. Have fun. Fun. Fun over time reconnects us to, to where we've been disconnected. Have fun. And I'm talking about authentic fun. You know what fun does? Let me tell you what it does. Fun authenticates forgiveness. Y'all get it? Because you can't have no fun with nobody if you ain't forgive. Can you? But if I've been mad at Luke, I said, come on, Luke, come sit down. Let me, let me beat you pretty bad in Yahtzee. <laughs> Guess what? He knows I've forgiven him. 
if I want to have fun with him. But if I ignore him, if I act childish and I don't want to have fun with him, I don't want to play with him, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know how we acted when we was kids? We wouldn't play with nobody if we'd mad at them. But when we want to have fun with them, fun authenticates forgiveness. It lets them know we forgive them. Start having fun with the kids. Amen? Guys, I want to tell you something. I've talked to your kids. Some kids don't think you love them because you don't like them. I'm just saying. I want you to know that. I think you need to know that. You don't have fun with them anymore. They don't think you love them. Have fun. Make it a priority. Schedule something for fun. But here's the thing. Don't do it with an agenda. They can smell that. They can smell that. They can smell it. I, what's that smell? No, it ain't daddy. It's an agenda. A mile off. They can do that. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Fun matters. Number six, last one. Tribes. That's what I wanted to put in there. There we go. That was supposed to be a blank. I don't know how I left that out, but that was supposed to be a blank. Tribes. We all want to fit in, don't we? That's why I think you packed that into the back. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be accepted. You know, teenagers, look, they're going to be going into the ninth grade to see where they fit in. There's going to be kids funneling in from other schools. They're not just, we'll just take a Daryl, for example. We're not just a Daryl anymore. We're Pine Log. We're Kingston. He might be Kingston in here. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just joking with you. Man, we're supposed to have fun. <laughs> but they, they, they look for folks to kind of hang around with. And, and here's three things that I know about teenagers. You can take this to the bank. Number one, they care more about what their friends think than what you think. Here's the second thing I know. They care more about what other adults think than what you think. Here's the third thing. They care more about what you think than anyone else. You said, well, Jim, you just contradicted yourself. I know I did, but they're teenagers. I ain't trying to be funny. I'm just being real. Am I right? All three of those things are true at the same time. Every one of them. So I'm asking your parents, what you need to do is widen your circle. Add other adults to your circle. Add other adults to your circle that help you and are in the same mindset as you. And here's the other thing. Don't worry about what your kids may say about you. To those other adults. Because you're, 
Your self-image is not more important than your child's future. You get it? It is not more important. Tribes over time equal belonging. The next generation, they ain't going to believe what we want them to believe if they ain't got a place to belong. Tribes over time equal belong. So I want to tell you, parents, you don't have to parent alone. We need each other. Luke and uh, Sarah would, would tell me lots of different things and they would tell me what their leaders would say sometimes in church and in my mind I'd say I've been telling you that for 16 years but you listen to them you didn't listen to me you know why they just needed to hear it from somebody else they just needed to hear it from somebody else so get your kids involved in some, in some small group in some youth group I'm going to tell you something Scott teaches the, these young teenage boys in Ema. They love him. They sit there and FaceTime and whatever that's called and when, when they can't be there. and they, they love this guy. I'm just saying get them, invo- get them involved in somewhere. Get them in a tribe. Amen? Get them where they belong. Connect. Connect every kid to... to to more, more adults, widen that circle. I know you love your kids. Nobody walked out of the delivery room, the delivery room and said, man, I can't wait to screw this kid's life up. <laughs> I know you love them. I, I, I know you love them. But if we're going to be purpose-driven parents, we got to be specific. We got to be intentional. We got to pack their bags over time. You're going to lose your marbles. I think all of us with adults, kids, can tell you that. You'll never know them again as a 12 year old. Aaron will never know Casey again as a one year old. No. Never again. My jar's empty. Maybe your jar's not. Time is coming when you cannot be physically present in your kids. Don't miss a marble. Don't miss a skills. Sarah only moved four miles away. One night when I got, I got thinking about it. She hadn't lived at the little house on Hall Station long. She has, she has a wonderful husband. I hope they're not recording this. But 
I pulled in to the parking lot across the street at the church shop. I saw the lights were on in the, in the, in the living room. And And I said, God, remind her how she's loved. Remind her how she's, she's valuable. God, remind her that her life is significant. Lord, let her have fun. My marbles were gone. you're like me and your marbles are gone let's help folks let's help others whose marbles are full let's help them pack their bags and now let's pray my lord I do pray for my parents. Every kid needs that bag full of this stuff. And I pray for them. I pray that they widen their, their circle of adults. And I pray for our church as we get involved and we show them how to, how to love God even more and how to serve. Lord, we love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.